So looking at Genesis uh, chapter 3, and, and I wanted to read this, uh, verse 22, if everybody's there. Okay. Genesis chapter 3, verse 22, and it says here, And the Lord God said, Behold, the man is become as one of us to know good and evil. Now lest he put forth his hand and take also of the tree of life and eat and live forever. Therefore the Lord God sent him forth from the garden of Eden to till the ground from whence he was taken. So he drove out the man and he placed at the east of the garden of Eden cherubims and a flaming sword which turned every way to keep the way of the tree of life. And then we jump over here to you know, Romans chapter 6. You know, um, looking at verse 12, you know, it starts to talk to us about it. it. says, Let not sin therefore reign in your mortal body that you should obey it in the lust thereof. Neither yield ye your members as instruments of unrighteousness unto sin, but yield yourselves unto God as those that are alive from dead and your members as instruments of righteousness unto God. All right? So I just wanted to read those little couple of things because there's so much to it. So let's just see how we roll through this little thing here. So but when we begin to look at Genesis chapter, chapter 3 and it begins to talk to us and after man and woman you know, sin entered in. Verse 22 talks about how the Lord said, Behold, man has become as one of us. And, uh, and of course, we are not God. But the serpent was right. You're going to be like God. God knows you're going to know what's going on. And as you become a believer, and one of the things that happens when you and I receive the Lord as our Lord and Savior, and then we're filled with the Holy Spirit, now, all of a sudden, each and every one of us in this room knows right from wrong. So that's the reason why we conceal some of the things that we do. And as grownups, we get better when you get older at concealing things. As children, sometimes you don't realize that folks are just watching you. They're just not saying nothing. But when you get older, you realize that people are watching you. And you try to mask sometimes the things that you do. Uh, but man has become like one of us to know good. Or, and evil or good and bad, what's bad and what's good. And everybody in the room, even, you know, like you can check out a little baby that is, uh, once they start walking around and they start picking up stuff off the floor, they know what to hide and what not to hide. A little baby. A little baby, when you tell it, say, hey, did you do such and such? It'll look at you and tell you no. Um, and that's just being a person, like, you know, just as a little kid, just starting off lying. But once you become saved, you and I understand the magnitude of what is good and we understand the magnitude of what is bad. You know um, how it feels to get something that you wanted. You know that? You ever have something that you wanted? You ever get something you're like, man, I've, I've been wanting this for so long and you got it take it to school or you take it to work or you got it in your room, you know what I'm saying? You got it on the wall or you got it on the dresser 
You got it in your car. It's something that you always wanted. And it's good, ain't it? But you know how it is when you come home and it's gone? You ever, you ever come home and it's gone? Ain't there no more. You ask everybody, did they see it? Nobody saw it. You're like, how could nobody see this thing? And you sit there for minutes, sometimes even an hour, sometimes days, trying to retrace your steps to try to figure out what happened. So the magnitude of what is good and what is bad is not the fact that, let me, let me just put it this way, it's not the fact that you're like, man, like you're the individual that got got. It's when the perpetrator is in the room with you. Amen. You gotta, you gotta get with the Bible. You gotta the way God puts it. The perpetrator is in the room with you. Right there in the room. They're watching the tears fall from your eyes. They're watching you stress over something that is so good for you. You worked hard for it. Your parents went out and worked hard for it. And you finally got that thing that you wanted. And that person that's in the room with you that watched you receive it. Christmas time is a great time because what'd you get? <laughs> what'd you get? And everybody's opening their presents up. Everybody says, I got what I wanted. Mm. So everybody right there got what they wanted. Now everybody's there in the room with everybody. But the person that's in the room plans to covet what you have. They want what you have. Even though they got what they wanted. They want what you have. And sometimes that's life, y'all. So it's not the person that got got. You know how we say, oh, you got got. <laughs> yeah, you got got. And everybody start laughing. <laughs> and you sitting there, you hurt. Because until you get got in life, you just really don't know what getting got is. But that's not the person that we're focused on. It's the person in the room that was manipulating and scheming. To work out this little thing right here where it says man or and, and mankind, that includes men and women, boy and girl, mankind has become as one of us to know right and to know wrong, to know good and to know bad, to understand the magnitude and the results of the decisions that we make in our life. We, under, we fully understand it because not only do we know it, we know how it's going to play out. I'll do something because I know that I, I, can, see, I can see the beginning of, how, of what it's going to create, but also I can see it all the way through to the end of and when it brings forth death. I understand it. I know good and bad. 
I know it. Man has become as one of us. I know when I put my hand to it. I, I not only do I understand what it's going to take to make it happen. I fully understand the end result of it. And that's just sin in its nature as it's man has become as one of us. And God says here, now, lest he put forth his hand and take also of this thing called the tree of life and eat and live forever. Now that man has become one of us, should he have the right to continue to go down the path, him or her, to go down that path? And that's where you see in our justice system, sometimes because of the magnitude, it's a, it's a difference between riding down the road and having an accident than the difference when you start seeing that the person planned everything out from the beginning and then you get to see the mind of somebody and God is trying to tell us what's in our hearts sometimes and how we intentionally know what we're doing and that's the place that those of us as believers we have to be able to like he told Cain Cain I can see the wheels turning in your mind before he killed his brother, Abel, the wheels had already started turning in his mind. They both presented their gifts to the Lord. Abel, the fruit of the flock, and Cain, what he tilled from the ground. But the word of God says without the shedding of what? Blood, there is no remission of sin. So what God did, if you go back and begin to look, is he took and clothed Adam and Eve with animal skin so we know that there was a shedding of blood to even bring, to even make the clothing for Adam and Eve. Something was shed and then they would receive robes. You know, Revelation puts it really good. You know what I'm saying? Who are those? You know what I'm saying? With their little robes dipped in blood. So in the garden and whatnot, that little animal that was slain you understand what I'm saying? To make clothes for people that they knew that were naked. Maybe had a little blood on it. So they were like, oh, I really like it, Lord. It got a little blood down here, though. Don't worry about it. Don't worry about that blood. Leave that blood on there. I, I can see the blood. So our little, our little robes, they're going to be beautiful and all. They might have a little dip of blood in them. But we're going to be all right. He said, leave that there. I want you walking around without no blood around me because you ain't going to make it. You have to understand the nature that is in us is wicked. You got to understand the nature sometimes in you and I, unless it begins to change, it is ruthless, self-centered, which means that all you can think about is what you want. So getting to the place that Jesus said for us, to be able to love our neighbor as ourselves, we could never ever get there because we're so focused on quenching our own thirst. Do you hear me? Man and woman has become as one of us. They know what's good 
and they know what's bad. So when you and I, as believers, make a decision, and it happens to me, and it happens to you. That's the, I tell people it's the regrets I have are more since walking with the Lord than they ever were before the Lord. Because before the Lord, I just didn't know. But when you and I take him by the hand and begin to walk with him, you know that? You'll hear them little songs later on in your life. And he walks with me. And he talks with me. And tells me that I'm his own. You don't understand that song right now. Some of y'all don't understand it. Some of y'all that are older, it just you know puts something in your heart. For me to walk with him. And for me to talk with him. And for me to tell him that I love him. And for him to say, I love you. What do you need, son? But yet, in my heart, I'm coveting what my brother or my sister has doesn't make no sense. In my heart, from the heart flows every issue on planet Earth. And the Bible says it's, it's got to end. This thing that happened in the garden, God says it has to come to an end. And the only way it's going to come to an end is I'm going to have to end it. Sometimes you create something, you know what I'm saying, whether you want to call it Frankenstein. <laughs> yeah. Sometimes sometimes you put some things together and you know, I'm going to have to start over. This ain't working. I had a little project. I wanted to do a volcano. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It wasn't a volcano. It was an volcano because the V just never made out. It never looked like a V. It looked like a C. <laughs> I don't want to take this to class. As soon as I get out the, get off the bus, Soon as I get on the bus, soon as I get out the car, folks are gonna start laughing. Is that your project? <laughs> it ain't gonna work. And the Lord is looking at us right now. He's like, this ain't gonna work. When you and I receive the Holy Spirit, we realize that the way we're thinking, it ain't gonna work. It's not gonna work. Whatever it is that you're thinking, whatever the motive is, like we were talking about in Sunday school, I need to, I need to let a man, I got to examine my thought process and find out, listen, because we can see it from the beginning to the end. Is it going to work? If I cuss the teacher out, what's the end result going to be? And then to understand the end of results, and just go down the road anyway. Mm. Knowing <laughs> death, mm. the wages of sin, the paycheck you receive, the allowance money you get is always going to be. But to listen, but to go down the road anyway, is, that's when we start to look at ourselves and understand. We can understand who we serve, right. what we serve, <coughs> and how we serve. You, you, I mean, it's, it's, it's just something that you, it, it's, it's amazing to become saved. And I love the way we all really challenge the Lord in Sunday school. Really, you know, our, our brains are working, our thoughts are working. We know some answers. But man, when we leave church, soon as, listen, before the first person puts their hand on the knob, Picture this, because we went to Sunday school and we got all the answers right, the Lord says, hey, Sunday school is over. They've all now become just like us. 
They know good and evil, what's right and what's wrong. And he expects us to walk it out. You know that? There is not a football team, basketball team, softball team, hockey team, Olympic team who practice. Imagine practicing with, you're in a sprint relay. You got four years to practice. Four years to practice for one moment in time. Your name will be etched in man's history forever. And you know right from wrong when it comes to the track meet. But at that day of the track meet, you make a decision just not to do what y'all practiced for four years. Just make a decision. The whole world watching. Just make a decision. Listen, we know right from wrong. Listen, and we under, not, listen, it's not that we don't understand it. The other three people running with you, you already know the reaction that it's going to have on them. You ever see people drop a baton? You ever see people lose a game? Mm -hmm. You ever see somebody in that one moment that's going to make them so happy that everything just crumbles? And you know the decision that you make can either bring happiness to somebody or bring sadness to somebody. So when we go over to Romans chapter 7, And Paul, he loves the Torah or the first five books that they call the Pentateuch, Genesis to Deuteronomy. He loves it. He preaches a lot from it. So if you're ever reading anything that Paul has penned, you know you might as well just flip back and forth between Genesis, Deuteronomy, and wherever you're at, because that's where he's going to be coming from. So right here he writes these two sentences to the church. There's a lot in here that he's writing. I'm just going to pull out two of the little things that he says to really kind of drive home this little message that we're out of here. We're rolling home, amen? This is our huddle. Remember, we're huddling. And when we get ready to leave, we say, and break. And we break and we all take our position on the line. Yes, we do. It's just as simple as that. Now we, all of us, we run to the line of scrimmage because we're about to execute the play that the Lord just drove, you know, he just... Lord put it all together for us. You know, he's our coach, right? Okay, AJ, you're going to get the ball on Fort Mill. I need you to block. You're the key block right here. Corinthians, you going to snap the ball on two this time? Yes, Lord, I got it on two. Okay, last time you did it on eight. They ain't even know eight in football. I'm out of head. You were doing your nails. I know, girl, but your nails are done, right? Yes, Lord. All right. <laughs> So get out on the outside out there and make them think you're going for a long bomb or something. You know, everybody got their play. Brittany, you in here too, Brittany. Brittany, you going to block today? Oh, my God, Lord. Why I always got to block? Well, Brittany, you were just benching 160. 
Brittany Brenton, 160, y'all, in school putting in work. Ain't nothing wrong with it. Hey, we need that same, hey, keep that same energy at school. In the game. All right, Lord. Now, listen, Brittany, if you don't, if you don't block their best man, <laughs> that's a wrap. Now, everybody in the stands don't understand how crucial your life is. They don't know how crew they just they looking at the quarterback and they looking at the running back and they ready to get their pom-poms going. But they don't know how crucial you are to the listen, when we leave out of church, the impact that all of us make on society is amazing. This group right here that showed up today. We can make such an impact in our community that affects somebody's life or death. It, it, it does. I know you're, you're sitting there saying, ah, that's no way. Oh, oh, yeah. See, nobody knows what we're practicing. Nobody knows the play that's about to be called. Nobody knows that we just went from Genesis and now we're coming in with our sneak attack reverse play in Romans chapter 7. Or six, I'm sorry. Nobody knows we're about to do a reverse. Nobody nobody knows we're handing the ball off to Chris. You understand what I'm saying? Nobody knows it's coming. Only the coach knows it's coming. We're not really going to hand that ball off. We're going to flick it to Chris coming around the side. Zoe's running the bomb, so they're looking for the flea flicker, but they don't know Chris taking it to the house. Listen, all we know, we got the line blocking, because you can't tell everybody because they're going to start watching the play. We, the line don't know. The line thinks they're blocking like it's a real run to keep the linebackers home. Keep them linebackers home. You, they got to sell it like it's going to be a run. So they're going. When we put that ball in that stomach, we got to sell it, man, like it's going to. You know what I'm saying? So when you get in that situation, whether you're at work or whether at school, whether you're in the community, in front of the house or whatever, we're going to make it seem like we're about to cuss everybody out. We're going to make it seem like we're about to throw blows. We're going to make it seem like we're going to do it the way the world wants it, but we're not. We're going to shift into our Sunday school love zone and love people the way they should be loved. Is that all right? Can we do that? So we go over here and we look at verse 12. It says what? We know good and evil, right? It says, let not sin therefore reign in your mortal body. Don't let it rule the moment. Same thing the Lord told Cain. You need to master it. You need to master this thing. This thing that's in your heart. This thing that's trying to come out. Romans 6 and 12 says, Let not sin therefore reign. And we ain't got to break everything. Don't let it rain. Don't let it run. Don't let it run you. Don't let it take the moment from you. That you should obey it in the lust thereof. Once lust has conceived, it brings forth what? Sin. And sin has to bring forth death. Now, it's going to destroy something. Its design is to destroy the moment. To break somebody's heart. Just like that little gift at the beginning. Christmas is designed that we share gifts with one another. It really makes everybody happy. And to see everybody happy, we're like, wow, that's beautiful. You know, it's better to give than what? Receive just to see your brother or sister smiling and they're so happy or it's sister Carolyn's birthday today. We didn't I don't know if we all got cards. We wrong for that. 
We saw Facebook. They had two Carolyn's on there. Happy birthday, happy birthday. We wrong for that. So we're going to have to make that up to her. It would have been shocked if somebody come running out. Happy birthday. She'd be like, oh, my God. Oh, my God. <laughs> She'd have been shocked, wouldn't she? So let not sin therefore reign in your mortal body that you should obey it in the lust thereof. You know good and bad. Not only can you see the bad work its way from the beginning, because sometimes we make a decision that we're just going to mess up somebody's day all the way to the end. You can see the good, too. That's what we talk about in Sunday school. People running out here because they made a decision to go feed people. But then also they made a decision for somebody to film it. <laughs> you know that? So they out there giving food and turn around looking at the camera smiling. Yeah. Mm -mm, that ain't good. We learned that this morning. That's some other stuff. Mm -hmm. But when you want to do good, God has filled your heart to do good. And without nobody looking, you go ahead and present a gift. That's why Christmas, like nobody knows where it came from. Who got this for me? How did you know? But we, we already know folks are broken out here. We already know the kids that we go to school with. We already know the people that we work with. We already know the people in the community that are struggling. Because when we look at people, we're looking at and we see and we try to uh, uh, sympathize and empathize with them what it is like to be in their shoes. And you go to school and you see somebody that doesn't have the clothes that you have, the sneaks that you have. They don't have the lunch. They, can't, they, they don't have what you have, okay? And you empathize with them. Maybe you, maybe they're, if they're a little smaller than you, maybe you go home and start looking through your closet and you come to school with the bag and you say, Mr. or Mrs. So-and-so, first of all, I don't want to disrespect your class, but I want to give you this bag. It's got some clothes in here that has somebody's name in there. And I want to see if you can hand it to the person so the person doesn't know where it comes from. And you give them to that person. You give it to the person at the job or whatever. And that way the individual doesn't know. But you're not disrespecting the teacher or just doing anything. You've got to know how to, you got to understand, you got to see it all the way through. And how to present something. Or maybe you go to the principal and say, Mr. Principal, nobody needs to know this. But we want to give this to somebody. If you can just go to the class, you know where they're at and drop this off. That way he gets a chance to go through it and see that it's genuinely a good gift. You ain't got like a razor blade and a sock or nothing. So they put the sock on, they cut their foot. <laughs> All right. Remember how they used to do that with our Halloween candy. When we were a kid, we go Halloween. Yeah. Our parents were like, I'm going to need to check this candy to make sure nobody got no needles <laughs> yeah. up in here. There's some sick folks out here in this world yeah. trying to hurt people. You know, but you're doing things the right way because, listen, you understand the good and evil. So we get to verse 13 here. It says, neither yield your members. Don't yield your members instruments of unrighteousness unto sin. Don't use your mind, your body, your soul. This temple that the Spirit of God now lives in to make somebody's life miserable or to make your own life miserable because if we, you and I, begin to play out things in our hearts, the Holy Spirit, the conviction of the Holy Spirit is like too much for us to bear sometimes. Because the Holy Spirit is like, I ain't staying up in this nonsense. You up here thinking about this foolishness and stuff like that. Mm. And sometimes we got to just rein ourselves on back in. Mm. And we got to use 
the instruments that we have, this body, this mind, this soul, the ability to be able to communicate, the ability to text and all that, to be a blessing and not a hindrance to another human being's life. Mm-hmm. You understand that? Yes. But yield yourselves unto God. God works through people. He works through you and I to bring about the results that he wants. So Barnabas, moved by the Spirit of God, went and sold land and took the money and laid it at the apostles' feet like he was done with it. It was like the Spirit of God filled his heart. He just went and sold land. It doesn't even say how much it is, but he took the money and he just laid it at the apostles' feet. Like he just didn't even, he was just like, there it is. And he went on about his business, living his life. He did his excitement. He used everything. Listen, he used the resources that he had for God. Whatever they did with the money didn't have nothing to do with him. He used himself as an instrument for God to be a blessing. The apostles might have known who had need of what because the scripture says they would separate it for who needed it. They would know because, you know, AJ would come by and say, hey, my boy, my boy Jay ain't got no lunch money. And when he see Jay eat, he knew that everything happened the right way. Because everybody wasn't in the community just running around gossiping. That's not what they were doing. The people would stop by the apostles and say, hey, you need to help out the Jones family. I'm just saying. And they would keep it moving. And then the apostles would be like, well, we need to pray. And out of nowhere, God would move on somebody's heart, and that person would come and just drop off money, drop off food, drop off an air conditioner, drop off a car, drop off a house. And the apostles would be like, you believe that? And take it on over to him. Because God is moving in that situation. It says, but yield yourselves unto God as those that are alive from the dead. Like you've been resurrected. Like you've been changed. Like now God is in your life. We were once dead. We could we had no feelings. It was just about us. If you punch somebody in the face, well, that made me feel good. That's, that's your face. It ain't mine. What? You want more? Well, come get your show. I, I got more of this. <laughs> put, your, put your menu. Here's a menu. You got this? You got this. Pick which one you want. <laughs> it's on the menu. These feet on the menu too. <laughs> Anything on the menu for you today? Yeah, come get it. Put your order in. There's a little window. Call it in. And when you come around this drive-through, it is. Hello. <laughs> yeah. That's how it be sometimes. Y'all know it's real. That's what we tell people. You want some more of that? Come get you some, baby. I'm still cooking. <laughs> I ain't turned the fire off yet. <laughs> we open 24 hours. <laughs> Yeah, the light on. <laughs> if you see the light on, come get it. <laughs> All right? We was dead, y'all. And when you're dead, you don't feel nothing. You're dead. Oblivious to what's going on. You don't even understand the words that are coming out of your mouth is destroying somebody's life. You don't understand the things you're taking from these people are destroying them. You don't understand the things that you're giving them that are toxic or destroyed. We don't understand that. But when we get saved, really, truly, I'm not talking about growing up in church. I'm talking about a true experience with God where the spirit of God is now in our lives where you and I know right from wrong, good and bad. We understand it. 
He says, don't yield your bodies no more as instruments to unrighteousness, what's not right. But yield them to God as those that are alive from the dead and your members as instruments of righteousness under God. God, use me today like you used Barnabas. Use me today like you did with Dorca. Dorca was the young lady that passed away that Peter went over and prayed for. And the women were coming to him and saying, do you see what she was doing for others? You know, they were, they, were, they were coming with good tidings of what she did with her life for other people. She didn't have to do it. But now that she became saved, she said, I'm, I'm going to use my life to be a blessing. I used to use these hands to put some work in on folks. But now I'm going to use these hands. I'm, 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 I want to be a blessing, Lord. What do you want me to do? Go sell the earrings you like and put it in the money in the church and keep it moving. And you're like, you know, the earrings. And all of a sudden, because you know you bought those earrings and whatnot because you wanted to be a little flashy. Uh, you got some stuff based on the sin that was going on in your life, but now that you're saved, you're like, I have no need for those boots no more. Uh, what did Molly say? Stilettos? I didn't even get the memo. But now that you got the memo, the Lord is like, what you wearing stilettos for? We ain't got, you ain't got no need for no stilettos. You only, hey, listen, you're not using your body to attract attention. Right. Yeah. That body is for my Holy Spirit. Put them stilettos off. What's wrong with you? Yeah. Do you know who wears stilettos? <laughs> the world is trying to tell you to wear stilettos because that's what they used to wear on the block. Uh-huh. But you ain't Jenny up on the block no more. You're using your body as an instrument of righteousness, Amen. not unrighteousness. Amen. Do y'all understand what I'm saying? You're not dead no more. You're alive and well. Amen. You fully understand, because the Holy Spirit's in your life, the beginning and the end result of the decisions that you make in your life. Is the decision that I'm making bringing life, or is the decision that I'm making bringing death? And that's where the rubber meets the road. When we break the huddle, are we scoring? Or not? Or we three it out? Or we turning the ball over? That's it. What you gonna do with your body now? If you're saved? Because you can't have two masters. You either gonna be loving the world and getting your tattoos and popping bubbly and throwing up fingers, which we don't even know the sign is. I don't know if you're using sign language or you're part of a crip or I don't know if it's the blood, I don't know what, but we still throwing up fingers. And like, I ain't never seen Jesus on the cross like doing fingers and stuff like that on his way out. But he wasn't throwing up gang signs, was he? I'm out, I'm out, fools. Ah! I'm with the blood. I ain't never seen it. It ain't written in here. But you see, man, we got, you know, our gospel artists, you know, I understand. They, we want people to, to know that we real. I'm telling you, when you begin to use your body as an instrument of righteousness, yeah. what the world is doing is not on your menu. Amen. Uh, can you flip that menu over to the righteous side, please? Do you mind if you flip that over to the righteous side, please? Oh, you're righteous. And they only give you four things to choose from. So it's like when you go plant-based and whatnot. The whole menu got 29 things over here. You got two things over here. But the two things over here cost more than the 29 things. Right. You know that? 
the two things over here will always cost more than the 29 things because when you start doing the right thing, they're going to charge you more for doing the right thing. Yeah. Yeah, they will. Yeah. A banana is $18? <laughs> or you can get the fake Twinkie over here that has the banana taste for a dollar. Which one you want? Mm. <laughs> well, give me the fake Twinkie. Boy, <laughs> 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 matter of fact, <laughs> Give me six <laughs> fake tweaks <laughs> there for for a dollar. Because <laughs> that banana, it ain't that serious no more. <laughs> but if the Lord is paying for it, he says give him six of those $18 bananas. Because, <laughs> listen, he paid for it. You understand that? He paid for it, man. He bought it all. Everything is paid for. Yeah, yeah. He said, put it on my tab because you and I ain't got the money to pay for that. Right, and push come to shove every time. Listen, the, the, the money that was paid for you and I, because when you're in school, you're at work, you're in the community, to take the road of righteousness is not a popular road. Amen. You're going to look like an idiot. Do you understand what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. And you ain't going to want to pay that $18 for that righteous road. You're going to pick the six little Twinkies with the banana taste. Mm -hmm. The artificial taste that somebody done made out of, I don't know what, they done concocted something up that tastes like a banana. Mm -hmm. And they put filling in there that we don't know if that's from tires that, that got bleached white. We don't know where it came from. We don't know what it's doing when it goes into our body, but we know that the Lord didn't make it because whatever everything the Lord made, he said is good. The Twinkie, we don't know the ingredients of that. So that ain't no good because you can't find the ingredients of that on nowhere <laughs> on the on the earthly <laughs> uh, menu. There's nothing. We don't know what we don't know what hot dogs are made from. We don't know what anything. We just don't know. We know a banana. We know an orange. We know an apple. We know a grape. But y'all, you get the gist of it. When the spirit of God comes into your life. If you're, if you're listening to this message and you're understanding it, it's the Spirit of God that is allowing you to understand it. It's not you to go to sleep. He is allowing you to understand it to the point where you now you can walk out the door and try to walk it out. Try to walk it out. Try to be that individual. Try to yield your members. Say, Lord, I want to do what you're asking me to do. I can do all things through Christ. There it is. I can, I can, Lord, if you strengthen me, I can walk it out. I can't walk this out on my own. I understand what you're saying. I can't walk it out on my own. I'm hurt right now. You hear me? I'm upset right now. This whole thing is just taking me to a level that I'm hot. But I need to walk it out. Because the only choice I have is life. No more death. The only choice I have is life, y'all. Because once you get a taste of life, life is so beautiful. And it blesses everything around you. Your house, your family, everything. But death, it destroys everybody. And everything. And that's why the Lord has to come back and there's got to be a new heaven and a new earth. Because this thing called sin is going to run this planet ratchet.
unless the Lord comes back, y'all, ain't nothing really here that's going to be of any good use. You understand that? Ain't no president going to save us. Ain't no congressman or congresswoman. Ain't no pastor, okay? Ain't no nun. <laughs> ain't no pope. Ain't no Buddha statue. The lottery. The horoscope. It ain't going to save you. The only person going to save you is Jesus. Amen? Amen? That's it. That's a wrap. Come on, let's pray. Lord, thank you for the opportunity that we have. And Lord, I pray that this message will go into our hearts and prosper in where you have sent it.